comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me as always is Mr. Logan Live Laugh Love Stump. Oh, thank you. I feel like I'm going to rick into song with this one. That's fun. <laughs> I, th- I feel like you're getting that from our last interview. Yes, that we just I was. Of, yeah. Of, like, yeah. So a little tying in, but yeah. you know, that's a little preview because actually we're yeah. releasing this one before we release our next one. So yeah. this is, this is going to be a little, we're time traveling yeah. right now. Uh, we are Isn't talking. That fun? Yeah. I've always wanted to do that. So <laughs> this, I mean, is this is weird. Um, I wonder what we'll talk about. Uh, but I anyway, don't know. the U.S. We're going to be talking U.S. Youth uh, National Team, the U23s, trying to qualify for the Olympics. They played their first match against Costa Rica on Thursday, the 18th. We're recording this on the 19th, and it's releasing on the 20th. So um, let's just go ahead and kind of get into our. I guess we we went over the roster. I think a few episodes ago, maybe this. When was that? The Seattle episode or the Cincinnati episode? They all come together. I have yeah, no they, they all do. Especially when you do five a week. But uh, <laughs> you're welcome. Which is what we're doing this week. Um, thanks, Logs. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're over half. Okay, man, we're over half. It's at three. <laughs> There, we got yeah, we're almost done. And we're the next done. one's easy for you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they've so all anyway. been easy for me. But uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, we're gonna be talking that Costa Rica U.S. men's national team um, result here, uh, which was a one-nil victory over Costa Rica, which puts them up to three points here in the uh which i believe puts them second due to the goal yeah the goal differential because of mexico i think they scored five four uh it was four one over the four, dominican one. republic yeah you had honduras win today three nil over mm-hmm. haiti and uh right now canada leads el salvador two nil 22 minutes in um so, you know, that puts them, uh, U.S., in the second spot right now of Group A. Group B is uh, – so right now it's Mexico in one with a three-goal differential, USA in second with one. They have Costa Rica and Dominican Republic. Only the top two move on from each group. So right now that puts – you know, USA had to go out and win that game, or Costa Rica did. Like one of those two teams had to go out and win for the best chance 
to move on because now USA will face Dominican Republic. If they do what Mexico did, that will put USA at six points. Mexico is going to face Costa Rica. And if they beat Costa Rica, that puts them at six points. And guess what? Costa Rica and Dominican Republic would be knocked out at that point. So that Mexico-US game might be meaningless, except for place in the table, uh, which could mean everything, really, when it comes to who you face and qualifying. Because you have to make the final to qualify. So for people that don't know, if this is your first time following some of this stuff, you know, the top two are going to move on to the semifinals. You're going to have to win the semifinal to make it to the final. And the two teams that make the final will qualify for the Olympics that are this summer. The USA have not qualified since 2008. So this is a pretty big deal. And if the USA can win the group and face off against like Canada instead of Honduras, your chances go up. Um, Not saying that Canada is terrible or anything, but Honduras, I, I would worry a little bit more about. Um, but we had a good, a good match. It was a little uneven at times, you know, Jesus Ferreira had a chance like two minutes in, uh, to put us up in the, uh, in, in the game, like really early, but it didn't actually, we didn't actually get one in until the 35th minute. Uh, we had some sloppy defensive play as well, but what was your overall take on, on this result, Logan? For a team that's not really ever played together much, um, <laughs> I, I mean, developmental, you got guys in and out that are younger, obviously. Um, so that's always going to be interesting when you're putting guys in there that, to be honest with you, if you're looking at it, what I think they said that eight or nine of these guys would have a hard time if they had everybody available to them to be able to compete in this competition. Um, in the U.S. were using the healthy people that, that were not uh, in this starting lineup. I think you're looking at a team that got a win when they needed to, so that's always good for young players. I think that um, it was ugly, <laughs> but again, CONCACAF, not really known for being pretty. Um, so, uh, again, I, you, there's some takeaways, obviously, that we'll get into, but I think overall, as a U.S. fan, I think you can be really excited because Costa Rica has – that same kind of thing with their youth. It's, it's a youth that uh, many consider golden. So I think that when you look at us um, playing against a team after not really having much time together over the last year or so, uh, you know, th- this is something that you can hang your hat on as a U.S. fan. Yeah, I mean, look, I probably came across as a negative person when I was texting you yesterday. No. Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. Not really. Like I knew I like immediately when you react to it, you're like, okay, this is, this is awful. But then when you start to think about mm-hmm. the situation, I think it, it looks a lot better. Yeah. I mean, like Doyle put out a tweet, you know, saying about the, um, you know, this is Costa Rica's a team for youth. Well, probably our B or C team. I mean, when you look at who qualifies for under 23s, and you can still add in like Kristen Pulisic, who feels like he's 30 because he's been overseas for so long. Uh, but he's 22. You have McKenney, who's like 22 or 21. Uh, Brendan Aronson. I mean, all these teams, players that are playing in Europe right now, Dest, uh, Musa, 
Reynolds, all these players that would not be released right now due to the COVID <laughs> issues or also because they're playing meaningful minutes. You know, it's hard to get released for a youth team when, um, when you're doing so good. I mean, even DK could have been in on here. Sergeant could have been in on here. Hoppy but, could have been some backup yeah, minutes there. Yeah, but none of these teams were going to be releasing those players. So you're pulling from a lot of MLS guys and, and lower tier guys like Sebastian Soto, who, you know, has been in national team camps for the men, but also is not really playing a lot uh, where he's at or, you know, it's more expendable where they're able to release him to go here. And, uh, you know, the, the, the most worrying thing, obviously, was the defense. Um, you know, Ochoa was great in goal. But when you're looking at uh, – and I thought Glad was okay. I was going to say, I thought Glad was he, he got better as we win, yeah. I feel like. But um, th- there was some times there where the center backs were really inviting the pressure on. And, and part of that is the – unfortunately the play out the back you know when you're playing out the back if you're making if you're going to make a wrong pass or you know you give somebody the ball while while their back is to the attackers coming in and they uh make a flub mistake then you know the players are in right there you know and if if costa rica is a little bit more clinical they would have won i mean at one point it was seven shots to two on target with Ochoa making seven saves and that was in the second half that we had had that stat. I'm not sure where it ended up, but uh, that's worrying. And as actually got to the 90th minute and we go into the stoppage time, I got really nervous because they were really up there attacking. They had corner kicks, they had free kicks. They were, you know, trying to, trying to, uh, you know, pull as much as they could to, to try to get in there. And um, obviously, you know, these defenders are way down on our depth list, but the important thing is we still got to qualify. I don't care if this is our, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth string center back pairing. Uh, we need to qualify. And actually this team should qualify, you know, really. Um, they should have been qualifying since 2008. Like I know this Costa Rica team's good. So I'm not going to like say that we should just beat Costa Rica easily. We did beat them. We won. But when you look at Fiera had, a chance for a hat trick it, it that puts the game away and you're and you don't have to worry about the pressure and when you start dying out in stamina in the 60 or 70th minute because you're playing in the heat you're playing in elevation and you've only been practicing for a week it helps you know it helps alleviate that pressure if you're able to say we have a three goal lead you know, when you have a one goal lead, everybody had to be on. You cannot make a mental mistake. And usually when you start getting fatigued, you start making mental mistakes too. So you do want to see the shore up a bit because if we're like this again in the, let's not say the second outing because it's Dominican Republic, we should beat them. But if we're looking at this, it's Mexico. Or when we move on to the semifinal, if we're still this exhausted, if we're uh, not putting away chances and inviting pressure on at that point, then that's going to be a problem because once you start getting exhausted and, and lose your stamina, you're, you're going to make those mental mistakes. And a team like Mexico is going to punish you for those. Um, a team like Honduras could punish you for those. Costa Rica could too, but they didn't. Uh, we lucked out there. <clears throat> um, did you want to get a little bit more uh, into this here? Like, uh, what, you know, we kind of talked about when we did our San Jose reaction. I think I even said on the show, I thought Mark Kinkowski would, 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 be the starter for yeah. the qualifications. 
he wasn't. Uh, it took everybody by surprise. It was Ochoa. And, uh, man, he just went out there and, and balled out. I was going to say, uh, when we were doing RSL, I think we made slight mention of it, but we didn't go into it a lot. David Ochoa is competing for their number one spot. And he, after this game, and maybe after this tournament, you might be seeing a kid that's going to step into that spot. And with more years like this and more performances like this, he won't last long here um, if he does continue. I mean, he was brilliant, uh, really commanding of that box. Uh, you could hear him yelling during set pieces at, at the guys. And I know they're all, you know, under the age of 24, um, which if fans don't know that 24 year olds were allowed because they were grandfathered in because of last year, but um, Ochoa just, I mean, absolutely commanded the box. He, you know, there were times where he chased down the ball, um, where he was communicating with the defenders. He actually might've saved a couple of goals just with communications between Glad and Pineda, because the, both of them at times, there was one, I think it was Glad who were just a back pass, a simple back. And it barely got to Ochoa who was able to clear it out. Um, cause one of the attacking players was kind of pressure, pressing high, um, but like you said, Jordan, I think he is is somebody that RSL is going to look at and might seriously contend for that number one spot in MLS, which will be exciting because I think the more experience, obviously, the better for us. And like you said, too, is if Zach Steppen's not getting time and Marchinkowski is not, you know, he's going to get time, but he's if, if Ochoa can outshine him, then really all he's got to do is, is compete with Horvath and and then you're starting to look Turner at like, too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, Matt Turner. But, um, but this is a guy that will chase some of these guys, which is good. I think we're stacked and we always are, it seems at, in, the, in between the post, but um, I was really impressed with him. Another person I was really impressed with was Hassani Dotson who plays for uh, Minnesota. Yeah. We talked about him on the Minnesota preview, right? He was really good yesterday because they take, they took Jackson Ewell out of the game from the very beginning. They marked him. The whole game, they followed him around like a shadow. And there was a lot of stuff on Twitter like, oh, Jackson Ewell needs to get open. What is he doing? He needs to clear more space. I'm like, if he's got a defender following, he can do pretty much anything he wants with that defender as long as he's just sucking him out of that middle um, because it allowed Dotson and it allowed Ferrer to get forward and get into those open spaces in the middle. And yeah. I think that was part of it. I actually saw a lot of people complaining about Jackson Ewell. Mm -hmm. um, and uh you know, Jamin actually jumped on, friend of the show, Jamin. He jumped on and was defending him, saying that, you know, Jackson knows space very well because he plays for um, Almeida. Yes. And uh, he's that whatever he's doing has got to be at the instruction of Jason Christ. And at that point, I believe Jamin because, I mean, um, it is what it is, right? I mean, it, it, if he's acting on his managers, and that's why we can't always just judge the players on this. We have to also judge the manager implementing these players. Um, you know, so so we'll see how that pans out. I do want to say breaking news here while we're on here. Can I can I mention this real quick? This is yeah, uh, for the men's team, not what's the happening? youth team. Okay, uh, they have had to have uh, so Tyler Adams, Nicholas Giacchini, and Tim. Uh, Timothy Weah have with, withdrawn from the roster due to the quarantine requirements in their respective areas. Mm. So they are withdrawing from that friendly roster that's going to be taking on Jamaica and Northern Ireland. Only two players are coming in to replace the three. Christian Kappis, who plays for Hobro. That's a pretty cool name if that's how you say it. 
in the Danish Super League. Um, this is his second time uh, in the he, – he was in the 2020 January camp. And uh, Jordan Sibachu, if I said that right, um, he plays for young boys. Mm. Uh, so he's uh, that's his first camp with the U.S. States, uh, U.S. national team at any level. He scored nine goals and 13 appearances for young boys in the Swiss League. And uh, he just recently committed to the U.S. men's national well, I was going to say, well. he, he was one on the list because I remember people mentioning him because of that score line. Would you say nine goals? Nine goals in 13 matches for him. Yeah. That's pretty good. That is interesting, though. Yeah, so a little bit of changes there. You know, it, it's unfortunate. Mm. Um, Especially I to think, me. I don't yeah, to yeah, apart. that's who I feel the most for. Tyler Adams is always going to be in the setup. Yeah. I also would feel for Nicholas Giacchini, but he was just here um, in the right. November friendlies. But right. I think Timothy Weah really didn't get that many chances recently. And he's, you know, he – he had some injury problems with he looks good recently too. He's coming in looking good. That would that that's unfortunate, but um little little break there of the US national team. But can I just um, go back to one thing too? Like yeah. our our wingers, um Jonathan Lewis and Benji Michelle just I don't know if it was fatigue or you know system wise they I mean they just weren't getting anything Mm-mm. creative. No, Michelle wasn't able to do oh, anything. It was bad, and Jonathan Lewis Absolutely. wasn't as bad as Benji, but uh, they both had a very difficult time. And I texted you this actually. Sebastian Soto when he came in looked better than both of them ever yeah. did. So you know when that happened too, I feel like that's something else too that because they take Jackson Yule out who creates really well. And that's who they're kind of, you know, he's plays more, he plays more deep, but I, I think he's got passing abilities that the other two don't quite have. Um, but, you know, I thought, to be honest, I think, I thought Mihailovic played really well too. I think that the midfield looked decent. I mean, obviously Jackson Eagle gets completely taken out, but that's my biggest concern going forward for the U S is who's going to create on those wings because Ferrer can't do it all by himself. I mean, he tried, um, but unless those midfielders are going to get more creative and push forward, obviously, I think, honestly, if you look at the second best player in that attacking side yesterday, it might have been Sam Vines <laughs> um, pushing forward out of that spot in the back. But um, I do also just want to say, too, you know, th- we can support every player yes, in the pot yes. in the pool. You know, we do not have to always have slander on a player. Uh, just because you prefer the other player in his position. I saw a lot of people, you know, that put down Anthony Robinson and lift up Sam Vines. I see a lot of people that like Sam Vines. uh, I mean, that like uh, Robinson and put down Sam Vines. You know, when they're all wearing the shirt, when they're all being called in, I just don't think it's worth it, you know. They want Um, their clubs, guys. Like, Arujo didn't play, and I know the LA Galaxy fans were not happy, but Again, like you said, Jordan, it, 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 this is all depth. They're all depth anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, when they right, get to the right. senior team, they're all going to be depth. Most, more than likely, uh, most of these guys um, are depth pieces. And this is good for them. It's development. I don't get the same thing with Walker Zimmerman about mentioning, and Drake did it uh, in this episode coming yeah, up yeah. that you're going to hear. He talked about why Walker Zimmerman deserves it. And he does. I don't. Who cares if he's we been have, in the MLS? People, we have so many competitions this summer. If we make the Olympics, if we, uh, you know, you got the Gold Cup, you got the Nations League, then you got qualifying in the fall. It's a lot of time for a lot of minutes of these players, and we got to have as deep as a pool as we can. There's no point in putting down a player that's in the pool. Um, you know, 
sometimes I feel like people are watching these games and staring at a player because they're like, I like Robinson more. I got to see what Sam Vine's doing wrong. Cause I saw people saying like, can we just get rid of Sam Vine? Some people are like, what do you mean? He's been playing pretty well today. Like, I, I don't get that. You know, like why can't you just move on then? And, you know, I also want right. to say, so there was a change to this roster too. Uh, um, Lanez or however, I can't pronounce it. I always hear Yanez. Yanez, right. Um, had to withdraw due to injury. They brought in Tanner Tessman. Um, and, you know, Doyle said that, uh, you know, it was th- good that the team would, yeah. good, good for Tanner and good for the team. Um, not mean, obviously, look. wasn't ill-spirited. <laughs> it wasn't ill-spirited. And that's what I, you know, I saw people getting on him about this the whole time. He came out and apologized saying that's not what he meant. But, uh, look, he could be totally wrong on that take, you know. He's sometimes way off. But. I, I think some people were really positioning it as if like he was happy Yanez was, you know, injured. And I, this is not the case. Like people can just, it wasn't a big thing to make a deal out of. And I feel like sometimes people are just following them like Lalas and Doyle to see what they say. And then immediately trying to jump on it when, you know, people were jumping on Lalas for, for having Altador in a, in a spot on the roster, if he was to call in. If Altidore is healthy, I I could see Greg calling him in. I mean, he's got experience. We can't just always rely on the youth, you know. I, I think I've mentioned this before, but we can't just rely on the fact that all of these young players are going to pan out. So, yeah, you obviously don't want Altidore, like, taking minutes from, yeah. you know, some of these players, but also – some of these players like DK still very green, you know, still very young. Um, Sergeant still very young. Um, uh, you know, a- any of the forwards, you know, Soto still very young. Uh, any of the forwards called into the national team right now are all still very young. Um, does it mean that I think that Altador is the best option? No, not right now. But the thing is forward is still a question mark. You know, when I look at the national team setup and and from here's the thing, from the youth setup to the senior team, it is a problem. You know, Fierro, you know, it was great for him to score, but he should have had more. And that's what you, you know, especially at this level, uh, at, at the U23s, he should be putting more away because when you go to the senior team, you're going to have to subtract some of his youth goals. You know what I'm saying? Cuz it just cuz you're going to be right. playing against better players. So looking at that, you know, I don't know who the answer is yet. And that's why some of these players that are older, like Altador, if he's injury free, is going to probably still get called in every so often. Players like Zardes is going to get called in every often because nobody has taken this position by the reins and said, this is mine. Now DK is doing well over at Barnsley, right? You have Sargent kind of getting in more form. Hoppy has fallen off form. But this is how it's going to be right now. We, we don't have somebody that's just taken the reins of this position. So any answer to forward is actually valid. Like anybody that puts out a lineup and has somebody at forward, I just say, I can see why, because there's just a question mark there. And what's wrong with Josie being around anyway to teach some of these younger guys like a Daryl DK? Maybe he sees something in DK's game that DK doesn't see or that, you know, Sargent doesn't see or if Zardes steps in and is in that 
you know, more of that leadership role because he's a little older. I mean, what's wrong with and Pulisic too? Like, I don't get that either. He's played longer, and he almost I would consider a veteran, even though he's at the age he is. And so people that don't rip on him for, I mean, I get it. He's younger, but he's had injuries. And I know we'll get into that whole argument too, but um, I just don't get why people are so like, let's root against them because, mm-hmm. you know, experiences or experience can help some of these younger guys. When and you especially see it with Josie and with Michael Bradley. Yes. And part of it is because we missed the world cup with those it guys, is, yeah. but those guys were not the problem. No, you know, we had it's the surrounding many cast. issues. Yeah. We had so many issues. <laughs> Yeah. But, um, you know, it just seems weird that we always single out those two as like, you know, you didn't qualify, so we're never seeing you again. That That's just bizarre. Um, you know, like the, the Netherlands missed the World Cup recently. I don't think they're shunning everybody that was ever part of that team. And I, I understand that we expect it to – to you know qualify for it. and i know we have all these young promising players but doyle's tweet recently i want to i do want to call this out as well with the with the you know will the usa win the world cup that somebody tweeted and he responded to it people were saying that he was sucking the fun out of everything but i thought it was just a realistic take that look we have all these young promising players but not all of them are hitting fire you know like geo reyna started off the season well he's been poor recently that's realism. That's what it is. Pulisic has not been lighting the world on fire. That's what it is. Now, obviously, those players are at clubs that we never were at before, but it doesn't automatically mean they walk into the team because they're at that club. Because hitting the national team doesn't automatically mean your form just changes on a dime. So if the player's out of form, they're out of form. So I can see why he would respond with that. And and then everybody was saying like, Hey, you know, if this, why did we have to crush that man's dream of winning the world cup in 10 years? We weren't crushing that dream. We were saying that because for him, it wasn't really a dream. He was saying, if we don't win it, it's a failure. <laughs> That's totally different. Now, if he said, I want to win it in 10 years, or I think we can win it in 10 years, then that's fine. And we're actually going to talk about that on one of our other shows. But when we, when we say, or it's a failure, then you're putting expectations on them. And you're almost not even saying that you want to win it. You're saying, if you don't, you failed. And when you look at how many teams have, have won a world cup, it's not many. Um, It's unrealistic to put that on there, but I'll save a lot of that for our next talk. Uh, That's going to be a preview of our outside the box segment coming up. So make sure uh, we did put that tweet out on Twitter, right? The poll. Yeah, it's out right now. And we're on Instagram too. So if you go to our stories, you can actually vote there too. Yeah. So if you get to there and the poll's already closed because I'm putting this out on Saturday, uh, then, you know, you can just leave a comment if you wanted to put an answer. We got some engagement on there. This is not a bait question, like a clickbait question. This is, we want realistic, uh, you know, the question is, can they win it in 10 years in those three world cups? We want real answers. Um, you know, we want to start a conversation about it because I know Logan and I probably have some ideas on where we want to take that. Um, we're not adding the failure part, but just will they win it in 10 years? Can they win it in 10 years? You let us know by tweeting at us, emailing us, Instagramming at us. Um, any other thoughts on this uh, team, Logan, before we preview the next match? 
No, I think that's that's pretty much it. We've gone through about everything. So seven o'clock on Sunday, March twenty first, they play against the Dominican Republic. Uh, that is on FS one as well. So make sure you're you're watching that. And then the game against Mexico is on Wednesday, March twenty fourth at nine thirty p.m. So we will be. Well, well, we'll probably be breaking that down uh, sometime as well. And then I was gonna say on Tuesday when we do Atlanta. So. Yeah, yeah, and I can put that up as a different yeah. as a different episode. And then you know the semifinal, if we make it, is Sunday, March twenty eighth at six o'clock or nine o'clock, depending on which one we get into. I don't know if they know what spot is which yet. And the final is Tuesday, March thirtieth. So it's a pretty quick you know tournament here, and I'm looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. Um, hopefully, we qualify. I am. I think we did mention before, I am nervous about it. I, I know I mentioned on the final third podcast when I did my preview there, a little nervous about qualifying. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Logan, just before we go, does this team qualify for the Olympics? Yes. Love it. Love the optimism. I'll yeah. say yes. I am worried about it, but I will say yeah. yes. I think the two strongest teams are on our side, and I think that the United States and Mexico – are the two strongest i do think i will say dominican was impressive for as little time as they've had as a as a team really mm-hmm. yeah. um putting a team together i thought that they looked good the kid from uh, escano or whatever i think that's how you pronounce it um down in miami played pretty well um but yeah i think the united states and, and mexico are the team to beat canada's pretty decent and i think that's that'll be the number one team coming out of that side if Canada's the number one coming out of that bracket, then I want to finish second. Um, I, I would rather face them than Honduras, just because yeah. Honduras is one of those CONCACAF teams that's going to be chippy and, you up. and down <laughs> on the ground. And, yeah. 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 Um, if you want to let us know about any of the questions we asked or you know anything like that, uh, Twitter at Stateside Show, Instagram at Stateside Show, Facebook.com slash Stateside Show, email Show at gmail.com. And have a great weekend. We have an interview with uh, Drake Hills of the Tennessean coming out on Monday, previewing Nashville SC. So take a listen to that, and we'll catch you then. Tomorrow throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. men's national team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stop It's Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.